Broadcasting from the Any Hour Services podcast studios, I'm your host, Mike Wilson, and on this episode of In the House, we're going to be talking about whole house repipes. Let's go. In the House is a podcast about the major systems in the house, electrical, plumbing, heating, and air conditioning. Each week, I'm joined by a panel of experts. We pick a topic and we discuss it in depth. It's meant to be informative and hopefully bring you some value. I've got Dwayne, Scott, and Ricky with us today. They're the managers over the plumbing department at Any Hour Services. Um, real quick, where do you guys come out on the great toilet paper debate? Over or under? Over. Coming over the top? Yes. Anyone else? Your your plumbers. Plumbers should have an opinion on this. I say use it for sure. <laughs> Is that part of it? <laughs> no. No. I, 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 I never thought that there was... I've never heard anyone like try and debate, use toilet paper or don't. <laughs> bidet, my friend. The yeah, bidet. but even with a bidet, you got to dry off. Let me be more specific <laughs> with my question. When you put toilet paper on the roll... Do you make it so that it rolls off the top or rolls off the back? All right. So I've been married 40 years, and it's still a raging debate in our home. Okay. So I'm an over. You're an over. And my wife is always under. And the reason being, because we had six kids, and when they were little, if it's over, all they do is go in and fan it all down, and it gets a big, huge pile on the floor. Sounds like a training opportunity. But uh, when it's under, they can sit there and roll the toilet paper. Mm. And it just sits there and goes round and round and round. Okay. Unless they rolled it backwards. Well, Unless they <laughs> but they don't but they don't do that. A two year old, the terrible twos don't do that. Hmm. Okay. Well that is good logic. Uh Scott, you still have not uh weighed in here. Are you an over or under? Okay, yeah, you're gonna have to cut this part because I completely misunderstood what you were thinking. I was thinking of your wiping method. <laughs> And not at all <laughs> what you're talking about. That that's has front, got, that's that's front to be cut out That's front to back or back to front. Over and under. I mean, <laughs> no, okay. that's something yeah, totally I've, different. I've never considered how to put it on the on the roller. You, so you're not an, at all. You're an I don't care. I don't care. It does not matter to me as long as there's some there. As long as there's some there. That yeah. makes a lot of sense. Now, yeah. Dwayne, are you of that? Like you say that you like it over, but are you a... Like, do, are you to the point where you sit down and if it's like backwards, you change it? Well, not right now because our daughter moved in with the terrible twos. Uh, and so I'm leaving it. You're leaving way. it the way that it is. So you, so you don't care. Well, I've changed it a lot. Gotcha. Because I don't care about no kids. I'm fixing the toilet paper to be yeah. the right way. And which way? Over. over. <laughs> that is, that I is prefer the, the over. It's the way that it's supposed to be. If you look at the original patent for the toilet paper roll, it goes over. And I know that that doesn't necessarily prove anything, but like that makes the you most You actually researched that? Well, it's an observation that I made. <laughs> I observe things, Dwayne. Do you okay. not? What's our topic uh, today? Top toilet paper. Okay. Whole house toilet paper. <laughs> if you toilet paper a whole house, how many rolls... All right, fine. All right. You went there. I guess, Ricky, will... Are you and I don't care, or are you a... It has to go over the toilet paper roll. What's my look? So you could ask me twice. I already answered the question. Didn't I answer? You did, but so. then I, I asked how intense you are. With has it. to be over. Has to be. That's So you didn't say and has the, to be. You just said 
And, Over. And the wife is the same. Good. Ooh. Was that a was that a uh, prerequisite? Is, is that something you discuss? We talk about the things that you should discuss before someone gets married. My kid's like, you know, what should we talk about? Is that would that have been a deal breaker? No. Okay. It's been it's been pretty heated in our home. Really? Yeah. Whoa. Really. I guess you could install so, two toilet paper rolls <laughs> next to each other. Wow. Yeah, but they make doubles. I like that. I've only seen those in commercial applications. Well, you can put a commercial application I, in your bathroom. I am not disagreeing with you, Ricky. So our episode today is... Did you get your sink fixed yet? Replaced? Not, I didn't replace the sink, but I did replace... Mike, to your mouth, Ricky, please. Thank you, sir. I, I don't know, but like in my... I don't know if in my... <laughs> no, not closer to Mike. <laughs> M-I-C. I did that on purpose. <laughs> Um, I always I, I'm, I make a lot of dad jokes I promise people we'll get to the topic <laughs> but they're distracting me and Austin just as a side note I don't know but like I sound really loud in my headphones and so I don't know if my gain's up like super hot so if I'm like I am hot but I don't know if, if you guys are like uh... okay so the plumbers are waiting for us to start the show I know we said we'd be talking about whole house repipes today so we'll just kind of dive right into that topic now whole house repipes that sounds like a major renovation and to me major renovations sound expensive and I'm assuming that there have got to be other people that think major renovations sound expensive like I mean is a whole house repipe a major renovation and is it expensive I would agree with that. I think it's an investment. Anytime that you're upgrading your system and bringing it up to date or up to standards, it's it's going to be an investment. And when we talk about a plumbing uh, repipe, most of your plumbing is not visible. And, you know, we see our toilets and our sinks and stuff, but everything that makes that work is usually behind walls and behind sheetrock and things like that. So it, it's definitely something that's going to, it's going to be a cost I th- definitely I think that's one of the things that like would scare me the most is the fact that like most of the plumbing is like hidden behind the walls and in order to like repipe it it sounds like oh I gotta take off the sheetrock that sounds messy I don't do sheetrock if I gotta find some like it just sounds like a big undertaking so um, you know when it comes to repiping in your house is that something that you should do proactively or wait until something goes wrong and a plumber says, hey, you need to repipe it. Well, I, I think that that one you kind of look at, everybody wants to know, well, how long can I go? How long does it go? In the commercial field, um, schools, hospitals, churches typically do total renovations every 30 to 40 years. I mean, like strip the building down inside, reframe walls, upgrade the electrical, upgrade the, the piping and everything else. And so I think we can take from that that that's probably a pretty good time frame that plumbing's probably designed to last, you know, 30 to 40 years on whatever whatever type of plumbing it is, whether it was galvanized or copper. You know, now PEX hasn't been out. Well, it's been out 40 years now, too. Now, would you, would you say that um, a commercial plumbing system is being used a whole lot more? And so, or, or does, does the stuff just last 40 years? Or it, does it last depending on how much it's used? Well, I don't know. Galvanized pipe, 30 to 40 years was kind of the lifespan. 
okay. of it. And, uh, you know, I mean, we came in from indoor, from our outhouses in the 30s, you know, kind of a thing. And at that point, that's what we had was galvanized pipe for the water. And they brought that in the homes once we got rid of the outhouses in the 30s and 40s. Um, the galvanized was still used up clear until the end of the 70s. And then it changed to copper in the late 70s and through the 80s and 90s and and still. And then the PEX came about in the 90s and and things. So there's been different products of of water piping that comes out. Ricky, you want to talk about the waste piping too? Or? Well, galvanized piping, obviously, back a little before my era and, and during, um, it, it just builds up. It was it was all we had at that point and that's what they originated and, and designed and passed for code and it was installed but at this day and age when those homes have that galvanized uh, drainage and water lines it's uh it's probably half the half the size of what the original pipe was um, as the years go through because galvanized pipe like corrodes and you get a bunch of buildup inside so it like decreases so if you're experiencing decreased water pressure uh, different things like that that might be a sign that your old galvanized pipes are correct need to yep. be right. do you come across a lot of people that do that proactively or do most people wait until it's like you gotta repipe yeah <laughs> usually usually we see it's more of a need than a, a plan now there are people though that you know they just buy a home they know it's older and they, and they will invest in that just knowing that they don't want to tear into it again so that's another factor is if if you're into an area of your home that you're remodeling, even if it's one small portion, maybe it makes sense to get into a, a whole house repipe. So is it, is it, do I need to be concerned based off of the age or based off of the material that my home was plumbed with? Both. Yeah, I was going to say both, both. too. Yeah, okay. But definitely consider the material because each material is going to react differently. You know, when we're talking about the galvanized and the older metal materials, they are going to wear out from inside out because the minerals in the water break it down. Um, whereas plastics aren't going to do quite the same thing. You're not going to see near the, the type of buildup that you would in a galvanized system as you would in like a copper system. And this, the it's same different. thing applies with our drainage piping. The older cast iron piping and stuff um, is it builds up from the inside out as well. And then above, above that, it was cast iron and then galvanized for the venting is what they did back in the old days. And so it, uh, you know, it's, it just wears out too. I mean, both from the inside, the outside underground, you've got soil conditions that affect it from the outside and the inside as well. So galvanized isn't going to last as long outside in the ground because it gets attacked from both inside so, and outside so 30 40 years we're talking about homes that were built in the 80s 80 in the 80s to 90 1990 ish um what are what are the signs that that people how does someone know if they need a repipe without necessarily like a it getting to the point that something breaks and you have a plumber come out and be like oh well your issue is we need to like replace all of these lines inside the house what are some warning signs I think one of the first signs talking about your water lines, um, if you're seeing discoloration in your water, if it's coming out orange, 
that's a good sign that rust is moving through there. Mm. Um, if you're also experiencing not great flow, uh, you're going to see pressures different than water flow. So you might have this amazing water pressure, but it's just not coming out at a good volume. Um, pressure and volumes, they're two different things. So um, discoloration in your water, if you're able to see the water lines or the piping, if you're seeing um, white and pitting um, rust around it, things like that, definitely it's something to consider based off of visual if you can see those pipes. So in your equipment room or where your water heater is, if you can see any exposed pipes, look at those. Do they look like they've seen better days? Yeah. <laughs> they look like they're about to fall apart because that's the pipes that are running through the rest of the house. Exactly. And chances are it looks like that behind the walls as well. Um, go back to, you said something interesting, water pressure versus water flow. <clears throat> I'm a little slow and I'm trying to wrap my head around like what that, uh, what that looks like. So you said you could have good water pressure, but not good flow. Talk me through that. Cause I'm, I'm dense. I'm, I'm confused. Okay. So take, take a straw for example. Great, great example. We were talking about your straw earlier there. Um, it's metal. Save metal the straw. Save the turtles. You know, you can have you can have a a very large straw or a very small straw, yes. and the amount of water coming through that straw is is going to be much different. But how much you're sucking on that is the same pressure that you're pulling it through. Does that make sense? So you're if you have a bigger opening in your pipe, you are getting a larger distribution. You're getting and more water. You're getting more water. Whereas if it's smaller, you're not getting near as much flow. But if you have the same pressure and a smaller um, opening, mm -hmm. wouldn't that like make it shoot out faster? Not necessarily. No? Not necessarily. Because I'm, I'm thinking about like the water hose, you know, when, when you got a certain amount of water coming from the, the hose, you've got the different things on the nozzle. Or if you put your thumb over the opening, the smaller you make that, like it shoots further and you get more pressure. It feels like more pressure because it's like a, you know, a jet stream coming out. But then when you open it, it's just like, Bleh. yeah. So you're, you're decreasing the pressure right at the end, but what's coming through that hose is the same pressure. The distribution pressure is the exact same. You're restricting it right at the, right at the tip of the hose, gotcha. which makes it shoot further. But you're, 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 and like when you're doing that with your hose, it's pushing further, but how's the stream? Is it larger or smaller? It's smaller. It's smaller. So you're de decreasing, but your, your pressure in the water coming to it's no different. Gotcha. And by gotcha, I mean, I don't think I'm going to like get it. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I, I was just trying to, cause we, we started out by talking about what are some things that people, uh, you know, can, will recognize as a sign. And I was trying to figure out how to communicate that to them. And I, I, didn't I failed there well and that's hard too because most of the older systems aren't regulated so they're they're used to very high pressure you know what I mean you'll get in that shower and they're they've got the the thumb over the hose so it's coming out pretty hard gotcha um it's not regulated but their flows could be very much restricted again I'm I'm again I'm just trying as a as a homeowner <laughs> and I apologize for those listening that like get it and they're like Mike you're dumb like move on, but like, I'm, I'm trying to like figure it out <laughs> again. So a symptom that somebody might experience more water or less water at the fixture. 
less water less water okay i think most people would interpret that as lower water pressure but you're saying yes. it's not lower water pressure it's just less water because there's a smaller opening okay i get it now there's less yeah. volume coming less but volume. it's arriving at the same pressure but visually and experiencing at the faucet it feels like less pressure and that's probably the best the best way to think of it when we're when we're talking about recognizing when your system needs to be updated that's really what you should be looking for anyways your flow not so much being concerned about your water pressure because that's a whole different that's a whole different sure. animal but i think if but that's a good thing though because we talk about water pressure and if that's something that someone thinks like oh i've just got low water pressure but then they test the pressure of the water coming in and the gauge says, no, you're good. You got 75 pounds. Like then the next step is like, well, what's causing the restriction right. of the water getting to where I use it. And yeah. that could be an indication of, um, pipe build restriction up. build up. Mm -hmm. Okay. Whew, man. Yeah, Sorry was, for that those listening intense. that totally got that. Um, all right. So, so as far as like those, any other signs? So you said rust colored water, uh, you know, we're going to say low water pressure because I think that's just what people will um, interpret that as. Um, you said visual signs. If you can see some exposed pipes, um, any, any other obvious signs that like, eh, maybe I need to repipe this thing. Now we've been talking about supply, but there's also the drainage side of things, right? Um, is that just backups that like, Oh, maybe I need to redo the drains in the house on your subgrade. When you have the subgrade underneath concrete, okay. um, down below the earth, earth line, sub <laughs> grade. <laughs> Got uh, it. I was your, thinking of my report card on your subgrade uh, vertical lines. You get the fall doesn't get as much buildup, but when you have your your horizontal lines that run out to the street mm -hmm. and get rid of your, your drainage and things like that. Um, whenever you have areas, uh, it sits and it builds up over the years and that's where you'll get your slow drainage and your, uh, hor vertical. Once you get your vertical fall and hits horizontal, you'll get some backups there. And that's, uh, that comes to, uh, um, you know, jackhammering up concrete and pulling out the lines and mm -hmm. if they're galvanized. Uh, I've had them, to where there was no line left of metal pipe. It was just earth. Yeah, you see, you see like a channel cut out of them where, uh, where the water goes. Correct, where drainage goes, yep. Or drainage. Yep, sometimes the drainage is water. Sometimes there's hitchhikers. Um, no. <laughs> okay, I thought it was appropriate. It was a very nice way. <laughs> okay. Um, Let's see. We talked about the signs there. Talk to me about all like what it entails. Like if you're going to be repiping the house, how big of a project is that? And like, what, what are the steps? Has it changed over the years? Is it easier to do now? Is it harder or just as hard? So walk me through. Okay, cool. I've just, somebody's told me and I'm convinced that I need to repipe my house. What does that process look like? I can open up with a little bit on that, Mike. So when the technician comes out and you've uh, you've diagnosed and realized that you got pipes that are restricted in drainage or water, you come up with a, I, as a technician, always did a, a drawing to help the customer understand what is inside the walls and diagrams and things like that. 
Um, one of the keys to doing a proper repipe for water, we'll use water first, um, is making sure that uh, you know where everything is going from your mechanical room to all your fixtures and how to get to what's existing, get it out, and get the new PEX lines in, which is flexible. And um, you have a, a lot more opportunities nowadays with PEX to get to all your fixtures necessary throughout the house. You will have to uh, cut your drywall in certain areas like that and, um, and then get to the back of the valves in your showers and things like that. It's key that you get the pipe all the way to the valves, not short of the valves, taking shortcuts. Are there, are there some people that are like, huh, oh, that's a hard part to get to. I think I'm just going to splice it here where I can get to it. There have been a few times in my career that I've gotten to um, crawl spaces and things like that or done some demolition and see that they uh, it was hard to get to and people took some shortcuts and of course all I did was try to bring the customer along and let them know that you have a four foot piece of galvanized pipe coming from your shower um, valve down into your crawl space instead of going all the way up through the wall mm -hmm. like like a f whole house repipe uh, should um, you know when you're when you're helping a customer along to understand what's involved in a, in a repipe, you want to make sure they're aware of where you're going to make your cuts in your drywall to feed the pipes up through and prepare them for drywall repair, texture, and paint because that's another added expense above the plumbing's expertise and, and what we do. Um, so all those things combined is um, educating the customer on where the pipes are, where you're going to, where you're going to tie them into, and making sure that they're that they're comfortable with um, everything that you're going to do to get new water lines to all the fixtures throughout the house. Gotcha. So does PEX make it a little easier since it's kind of flexible and it can go? Or is is copper pipe easier to do because it's a straight line? Like it does it doesn't bend when you're fishing from one from a top plate to a bottom plate or vice versa. Well, the one, the one thing with copper is we often have to solder, and it's very hard to solder in tight spaces next to wood, in between mm -hmm. walls, that kind of a thing. So there's always a flame hazard. Uh, they do have crimping tools now, you know, crimpers for the solder, but it takes a little bit of room to be able to make those work. Right. So, so the PEX is kind of the, as far as the water piping repipes, is the is the go-to thing now because it's available and it's flexible and does that extra work on the copper make doing a copper job more expensive yes yep it's well more. and is copper more expensive than, yes. than pex yes. i would assume yeah so there are people that think that like oh well if i pay more it's it's probably a nicer job so is copper better than pex i'd say different I wouldn't say better. That's because you're politically correct. Yes. yes. Well, because we're using it, we're, we're still using both materials. Mm -hmm. You know, if, if you ask me galvanized versus copper, that's a no-brainer. But both materials are still being used. Co commercial buildings are still using copper copper lines. So they're both really good. And they just are, they have different benefits and, and things. So I, I don't know. It's a hard one to answer. I'm just trying to think if, if someone is trying to weigh in their mind, if I'm repiping my house, is it worth the extra expense going copper versus doing PEX? Like, am I gonna get 
10, 15 more years out of copper versus PEX or you, you get what I'm saying? Like, how do you, how do you I, counsel I, someone? Well, I think there's still, I mean, PEX has been around since the nineties, late, late eighties, early nineties. So we've only got 30 years of history with PEX. So we don't know how long it's going to last. Um, we do see pinhole leaks in, in PEX. We do see pinhole leaks in copper. And so, uh, but copper's been around and being used since the late 60s, actually, all through. So, I mean, we've got 60 years of experience with copper. And Is it's there good, still 60-year-old copper that's doing just fine? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Copper one, PEX, question mark. Well, 30 years is a good, 30 years is a good trial run. It took yeah. me, as a, as a plumber, it took me about 10 years before I really wanted to switch over to PEX and mm -hmm. thinking it's a good product. Um, sometimes when new products come out, you want to kind of stand sure. back a little bit and let, let everybody else be been, the guinea pig. You know, fiberglass, <laughs> <Not my customers. laughs> fiberglass tub and showers came out in the, in the late sixties and seventies and they had some issues with it, you know, with the fiberglass, but then they discovered acrylic coatings on the fiberglass tub and showers that made it a good product. So things that would crack in 10 years, now last 30 years what were there some things that they found out about the pecs when it first came out because there used to be like just white plastic pecs right and now that you've got the red and the blue um it, it's a a different better plastic or the exact same thing the the colors of the pecs if it's pecs are all the same thing gotcha uh there was a, a product called polypiping that came that's out. that's what i was thinking polyethylene of. that came out was the first generation of it and there were some issues with that, whether it was workmanship, fittings, the way they crimped, there were some problems with that. And it kind of set back <laughs> that, uh, kind of set back that introduction a little bit as far as states were concerned and local jurisdictions because of some of the issues and floods and problems that they had. But that's kind of a thing of the past. And sure. as long as workmanship is done right, it's... Okay, so so there's going to be some uh, there's going to be some drywall patch painting when you're repiping. Go ahead. I wanted to fall back on just a couple of minutes ago. We had talked about the copper versus the packs yes. and and the costing and picture yourself with a with a three story home and you're wanting to get a repipe and you wanted to um, maybe um, do it in copper versus packs. In my opinion, packs is the wave of the future and it is a pipe and it's what's in my home. And it's, if I built a new home, it would be in PEX, not copper. Think about trying to get copper up to a third story um, fixture and bathrooms that are on the way up to on the second floor all the way up. The demolition that would have to incur and the joints that you have to sweat on every floor going all the way through, you would you would be demoing 25% of a home nowadays to, to repipe a home in copper. Um, effective just as far as price, and um, a pipe that's already been proven for 30 years, it's almost a no-brainer that all the repipes are probably the highest percentage are all PEX now. And crimping joints and walls that have insulation is a crimp tool and a crimp ring versus trying to sweat um, mm -hmm. joints. And then tying into the old uh, fixtures that are in your home as well, um, sweating inside behind showers and bathrooms and vanities and toilets and things like that. Uh, 
PECS is obviously, um, in my opinion, the best way to go for any repipes nowadays. Okay. How long uh, does it take for the plumbing side of it? Now, obviously, the the drywall and the paint and all that touch-up type stuff, that's going to be a little bit longer. But talk to me about, okay, cool, plumber's coming in to, uh, you know, redo this. Day one, is it a one-day pro- I know it depends on the size of the house, but give me, you know, 1,500 to, you know, 2,500 square foot home average, you know, what, what should someone expect as I've, far as time frame? I would take that uh, start off with, I've, I've done hundreds of repipes and I would say um, two to three days on an average size house to properly um, do a, a repipe on bigger homes. Uh, a week has probably been about the longest I've had. Mm-hmm. Um, back when I first started, I would put all the drywall, I would cut every single opening so I could put the drywall back. Right. That's always a good and thing. It helps the homeowner, um, to be able to save, uh, save funding. And, and since you've been in the home for a few days, you know, it inside and out, and I would number the pieces of drywall, one, two, three, four, five through 30, 40. I've had as much as a hundred holes cut in a home, mm. um, to do a, a whole house repipe. Um, so a few days, um, typically would be minimum to do a proper job. Got it. Um, how, I mean, I know we, I know it depends and size and all that stuff. And we started out talking about like, it's an expensive, uh, or it can be an expensive project depending on the size of the home. Um, and I think when people think repipes, I think for the most part, they're thinking of the, the supply side and not necessarily the drain side. Um, but when you go in and you, say, okay, hey, we need to repipe the thing. Are you telling them from my experience, if the if the supply side needs to be replaced, the drain side needs to be replaced too? Or do you inspect those to make sure that they are um, needing to be replaced? Yeah, you know, there's, there's actually kind of like four phases, five phases actually, that you can kind of deal with on a repipe. Mm-hmm. So say you've got an older home that has older cast iron and galvanized. Mm-hmm. Um, you can, there's everything that's above grade. And so you could do the water separate and independent and then come back and do the waste later. Uh, most of the time the holes are in the same spot. So sometimes it makes sense to do both at the same time. Then we've got the underground and, um, the piping underground, um, which most of the time is just the waste piping. And so that that can be done but that involves jackhammering up the floors mm-hmm. and and all that stuff then you've got the so there's waste up above grade water above grade you've got waste below grade then you've got what's coming in from outside the home and that can be all different ages as well and different types of material and there's some bad materials and some materials that last longer and things that have been in use there again since the 80s 70s and 80s plastic piping on the drainage started coming into play and i and i think it lasts a long time i mean there's usually not a lot of issues with it other than expansion and contraction and things that can happen roots still sure. roots can still cause problems and so it sounds like depending on how much stuff is being like it, it could get like really expensive as far as like if you're needing to replace every everything drain supply uh you know water coming into the house like all of those things yeah well sewer hopefully is going out from the house 
hopefully. Well, that's true. I know what you meant. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Give you a hard time. Um, uh, so, I mean, is it, let's just say that, so we're not like freaking people out. If, if you just had one of those, um, let's just stick with the water, like the, the pressure issue, um, you know, the water coming in or supplying the fixtures and stuff. If you're re-piping that, uh, is it a, you know, we're starting at around, you know, five to 10, 10 to 20, 30 to 40, like what kind of, you know, range are we like looking at? Obviously you're not giving someone a bid right now and you'd want to have a plumber come out and like bid your specific job. But like, yeah, I think that's, that is the key. Two to five. Yeah. For water. Oh whew, man. Yeah. You don't know how happy I am to hear that. I really <laughs> thought you guys were going to go like 10 to 15. And I was like, Oh my goodness. Yeah. Ma major, major projects can get up into that. But most commonly we see the two to five, for water lines. Oh, that's good. Systems like that. So cool. Whew. All right, folks, there you go. And waste, waste is approximately the Similar. same because it's, you're, you're basically covering the same areas and you have to get pipe from point A to point B mm -hmm. and replace it. Um, well, let's, I, I'm currently going through like a remodel at my house, you know, like doing a family room, then we're going to move to the kitchen and like do different things. And when, in my experience, when you're remodeling, that's a good time to maybe add some things that you may have always wanted to add. Like, you know, not go overboard, but like if there's like, oh, I've always wanted, like for, for me, I wanted some extra outlets in the family room that we just, that we repainted and we're recarpeting and things. And so I took um, some time beforehand and I ran some, some extra outlets. I expanded some outlets from one box to two, moved some things around, did all the, you know, since I was going to be doing drywall touch up and patching and things that way, I went ahead and I did all that stuff. Let's talk about if you're, if you're faced with repiping, what are some of those things that you can add to enhance your plumbing system? If you're going to be having the thing repiped anyway, what are some things that you might want to think about uh, as far as like adding to your system? Does that, does that make sense? Did I set that up right? Mm -hmm. Okay. I would just right off the top of my head was putting in a hose faucet <coughs> where you want it. You know, if you need to add, oh. a, if you need to add another hose faucet on another side of the house where are you talking outside, outside like a hose bib? Yeah. That's a good one. But I mean, that starts from the inside and goes you, out sure, yeah. and things. So, I mean, that's, you know, if you're frustrated with, how low or how high one is that you can't reach down to get it or something that might not be for everyone, but that I did was added hot water to my outside, uh, fixture. So that was I, to I my did, hose bib. Yeah. I did that on my home when I remodeled as well. It's nice to be able to wash the cars with warm water. Mm -hmm. Well, I was and soft water. I was doing crawfish boils at the time and I was like, man, it'd be nice to not have to like spend so much time heating the water up. Let me start with hot water and then boil it, <laughs> boil it yeah. from there. Um, so cooking outside, that was nice. Um, yes. Ice maker line. Ooh, an ice maker line, like going to your fridge. Yep. Or for future, if you got an old fridge and you're thinking about down the road, you're going to replace that appliance. I like how you said thinking about the future because maybe you know that like, you know, in the next 12 months or whatever, I'm going to be, you know, remodeling the kitchen or getting new appliances. And that has been something when I, when I, um, before I finished my basement, I had open, you know, floor joists downstairs and I just have like a two story little house. And so one of the things that I did was I ran a, a line off of my, you know, RO system to my, uh, ice maker. So it was like filtered and, and, and that was, uh, I've, I've liked doing that. So 
you know, several years ago, uh, before I remodeled, I went to a Parade of Homes show, and all these homes had that faucet over the stove. Yeah. And I just thought, how cool is that? Because in our home, the stove was on one side of the kitchen, and the faucet was on the other, and you always had to carry the pans back and forth. And so I asked my wife, I'm like, hey, do you want me to, while we're doing this, put a pot, it's called a pot filler faucet in. No, we wouldn't need it. We don't need it and stuff. We hadn't used it. And once I put it in, I tell you what, it got used and used and used. And then we sold that home, moved to a new home. And she, she didn't got a pot like, filler no more. Oh, I wonder if we could get a pot filler. Well, I do have plumbing right there behind. And sure. so, yeah, so that'll end up on there. But it was something where, no, don't worry about it. It's just an extra expense we don't need. Mm. But once she had it, it was like, ooh, this is nice. Nice. I've, so, I've, I've, I've thought about that because I'm going to be doing a kitchen remodel. And I'm in the same position that your wife is in right now because I'm like, well, I, I carry the pot right now. Like, do I really need a, a, a faucet over the stove? And you're saying your wife loves it, huh? Oh, yeah. Okay. What else? What are some other things that uh, if you're going to be doing this? I would say I would say soft water is a big one for me. If you're repiping things, make sure your system's set up. Even if you currently don't have one or don't plan on having one, rough plumb for soft water. Gotcha. You know, one one thing that here in Utah people have unfinished basements. Yes. And that would be one thing I would definitely say that even if you're don't add much downstairs before you finish off your basements and all the bedrooms and everything get that repiped for a, a water softener loop it is so much easier to get that to happen in the mechanical room than it is to have to come back and and uh, tear open all the drywall to another a bunch of drywall sure another thing that has i would say over the last 10 years or so that's like been becoming more popular are uh more shower heads in the shower bigger you know rain heads that that come down like what um I've, I've thought that like, is we talk about like, okay, opening more faucets and the, the, the pressure's still there, but the volume Gross. is not there to be able to feed all those uh, fixtures. And, you know, you can't just, you can't just put fixture, more fixtures in without either running more lines or upsizing <laughs> bigger pipe. Yeah. Those there's some of those systems that you see these, the Hans Grohe systems where there's multiple heads and jets and sprays and everything else and that they've got drawings that show how to pipe those things and you need one inch water coming in and typically we run half inch to a shower mm. and so trying to upgrade just that area without bringing the infrastructure in or that larger piping to get the volume needed because because half inch pipe will only give you x amount of gallons per minute depending upon sure. the pressure so um, but it is really nice to have those. I mean, that is something that when people are remodeling. While we're in the bathroom also, how many times do you flush the toilet and the water goes cold in the shower? You can. What causes that? <laughs> when, when, as a builders, and they have subcontractors that come out, they, they tend to tie all the lines in for the bathroom into the mains that just go down. And it's... Uh, Meaning you've got one line feeding and then they, they tap off to... For the vanity, the toilet, the gotcha. shower, et cetera, et cetera. Um, when you run in the toilet, you can run a, a designated line that doesn't directly tie into the shower and in the, in the other lines in the bathroom. So if you've got that issue and you're going to like repipe 
<laughs> that's a good that's a good way to uh, fix that issue. Very inexpensive when you're doing your remodel and everything's open. Hmm. That and then just I mean, commonly it's just a pressure an older style valve that's not a pressure balance valve versus the newer ones since the '90s that are pressure balanced and they have it's called a scald guard feature and they uh, you know it as it fluctuates and there's a little piston that moves back and forth that keeps it a little more stable. Gotcha. Was well, is there anything else you want to tell people about repipes or any questions that you think people might have that you'd want to, you know, give them some information on? Or did we cover kind of the basics? You know, the the housing market right now here in Utah is just kind of going crazy and and there's a lot of homes for sale and a lot it's, you know, just it's very active right now. Sure. And homes that have the older piping, you're either buying it as is knowing that you're going to possibly have to update things there again like scott said most people wait until it is no longer functioning until they do that but it's definitely something that you can look at has it been repiped and how many of those five different areas have been repiped has it been the water above grade the waste above grade has the concrete been redone underneath the concrete and then outside the house and uh, because there again, when you're looking at a home that's built in the 40s and 50s and it hasn't been upgraded, you're on borrowed time. You know, I actually, my house was built in the 30s. And uh, when we got it, that was one of the things that I liked. They had gone through and rewired it. They had gone through and repiped it. And it's, you know, it's a old house, but like, it feels like there's nothing wrong with it. Cause like, I mean, I've got a tankless in, I got nice pecs, you know, lines. I got Romex running through the thing. They took out the knob and tubing. What? With an old sink. <laughs> the sink isn't from the 30s, but I, I went cheap. I went budget sink. <laughs> when I remodeled the kitchen, Ricky, we're you know what? Our next episode is going to be like you're remodeling a kitchen. What are the things that you need to do to get it ready? How's that? I'm in. Does that work? Yes. And I will have you come and tell me what sink to get. When you, you said you purchased and they had redone all those things, was that uh, underground all the way out to the city and everything? Your sewer and water? Um, I don't know if they redid it when they did redid all those other things, but I have I have since uh, cameraed the the drainage line. Now there is a big, huge uh, galvanized like the elbow thing that goes in, but all of the drains feeding into it are not. And when we send the pipe or when we send the sewer camera out the sewer line, it's uh it's the black plastic like it's it's been it, it's new. And so there, there, I was expecting like big issues because I got big mature trees in the house, and and no, it, it's it's that's, that's a huge deal when buying a home when you totally. have all those things done. That's I mean that's invaluable. Now you guys didn't even like comment on the fact that like there's nothing on the table and everything has been moved to the shelves. I didn't want to be the first. I thought Scott would jump on that. Oh, we did before. Don't you, jump. Like the shelves you, are not guys, that sturdy. Before you guys came in. We oh, admired, did you? We, we admired much. it. Yeah, very it looks much. dope, doesn't it? So dope. Who did that? <laughs> um, me and Cam hung the shelves, and then I I uh, put the things up there. And after the fact, and this might get you now every time you walk in. I don't know why, but I put the HVAC stuff over there by the water heater, and I, <laughs> and all the plumbing stuff over here next to these. But now I tell people it's you know yin yang. You know you got some plumbing and some HVAC <laughs> stuff over there. You got HVAC and plumbing stuff over here. I don't want to, you know. I don't want to segregate too much, but 
Actually, you mm. did a really good job. From That's when good. we first started with just like a little couple saw horses and a piece of right. plywood around here, now you got a full studio built. Baby steps. Yeah. You know, for all you guys that are thinking about starting a show, you don't have to have everything all perfect all at once. Just got to start. Just got to start. That's what it is. And that's the show today. <laughs> Thanks for tuning in. We'll be back next Tuesday with a new episode of In the House. I'd like to thank everyone, all of my guests, for being here and chiming in and sharing your expertise. Um, if you haven't subscribed to the podcast yet, do us a favor and, and do that. And uh, if you have nice things to say about us, leave us a review. If you got mean things to say, don't, don't say them. I don't need that negative energy. <laughs> And I got, I'm sensitive. I, my feelings get hurt real easy. Anyway, um, if you'd like to know more about Any Hour Services, visit anyhourservices.com. I've been your host, Mike Wilson, and you've been listening to In the House. Thank you, Mike. You're welcome.